Hello, friends. Nico here from the Geek Cast Live, and you are proudly listening to the Movie Podcast Network. Hey there, Cartoon Joe here. If you like what we do, head on over to Patreon.com for special extras and crispy num-nums that you can get for just a few dollars a month. That's Patreon.com slash GeekCastLive. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes or YouTube or follow us on SoundCloud. Be sure to comment, like, review, leave cynical comments, or call Nick mean names. He likes when you do that. Like books? Hate to read? Have ears? Like to listen? Well, we have a solution. Audible.com, where there's over like a million or something books that you can listen to with your ears. Go to audible.com slash geekcastlive for a nice kick in the pants. We'll do it live! It's a trap! Welcome Kings up, Mugatu. Everything they're saying is true. 424, the Guest Live podcast. I got a prostate the size of a honeydew and a head full of bad memories. <laughs> Kings up, Mugatu. I'm GCR, and with me, as always, Rob Bass. Hello, friends. And Cartoon Joe. What a fucking Maury Ballstein. <laughs> that movie is so unbelievably underratedly pimp. I. Yes. I I'm just a, I'm a homer, a big time homer. And I will fight you, Jason Piles, for the honor of Hansel. The, uh, <laughs> my favorite part of that movie is David Duchovny. He's got his uh, hand in that like hyperbaric chamber. He's <laughs> on the hand model. model. I'm a hand model, mama. We don't think like the face and body boys. <laughs> when he has that, when he. <laughs> There's a, there's a scene where he goes and says like a like a whole line, and then Zoolander says like what? And yeah. Duchovny says like for real? That was <laughs> I just uh, told you two seconds ben, ago. Ben Stiller forgot his line. <laughs> oh and really? He, and he, yeah, and he said <laughs> what? And Duchovny's response was legit. Like for real, dude? I just said it. <laughs> And so they and so they left it. They left that cut in, which is I, which I love. That's magical. Yeah, it's yeah. probably better than what was there. Duke Covney's actual response was what was in the movie. His like, <laughs> like I'm here for like two hours on a Sunday, and you can't just you can't just remember your line. <laughs> there's there's so much like meta in there. I think that's it gets better with age. You know, like it's yep. It's very Anchorman-esque. Like the first time you're like, man, this is funny, but is it also really stupid? And then the more you watch it, the more brilliant it really is. How often do you say like, oh, they're in the computer? They're in the computer. Uh, once yes. a day at least. It's so simple. <laughs> if I, 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 I often refer to my imaginary Sherpa Lapsang. <laughs> Who just did the monkey thing? Oh, that was me. I, if I can't get like if I buy a DVD and I can't get that fucking thing open, I'll start smacking it, going. Ah, ah. <laughs> I do anything if I can't get like a, like I, I, uh, 
I couldn't get, uh, I got a, a Sun King uh, Wii Mac at the 4th of July. So I'm, I'm trying to get the, I couldn't pop the tab on it. I couldn't get underneath the fucking thing with my thumb. So I just started smacking the beer <laughs> until finally my dad looked at me like, what the fuck are you doing? And I was like, I can't get it open. The files are in the computer, dad. <laughs> basically. <God. laughs> basically uh, they're breakdance fighting. So you guys, you guys will really like this. There was one time that I was up at the, uh, up at the Egyptian with one of my friends, the uh, hookah lounge that I spent a lot of my time at. And uh, we, uh, there were a couple of new waitresses that were working that evening. So we decided that we were going to um, convince them of different charities that we had started. And like, we were like doing these things together. Like one of them, one of them was like, uh, we had spent some time in Africa doing missionary work. And while we were over there, we started a uh, campaign for uh, elephants who have uh Post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, disorder. 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 Yeah, you're out was, of disorder. Uh, my, you're out. <laughs> so yeah, we uh, we acted like we were Niakas as well, so that was exciting. Um, but one of them was the uh, Rob Squires School for Kids Who Can't Read Good and Want to Do Other Stuff Good Too. Want to Learn to Do Other Things Good? <laughs> yes, exactly. Want to do good it? things too. And, oh yeah, they were they were like, oh my gosh, you guys are like the most charitable souls ever, and like all the while we're like just sipping our beers, like trying to stifle our laughter. Does it get better? That's well played. Does it, does it go full Vermont pickle farmer. Oh, oh yes, oh absolutely. <laughs> I was just gonna say, wasn't I a Vermont pickle farmer? <laughs> yep. Yeah, you sweet oh. urchins, because the soil I, was right. There was no <laughs> nitrogen in the soil. Right. It's the same reason that you can get a Vidalia onion. You know, there's no nitrogen in the soil. It makes it so sweet. <laughs> and she, that, and then she, that is out your ass was, oh, to the no, nth degree of, of like, fantasticness. Absolutely, like, bought that. Like, the, the we're best eating was, it up. The best was she it up like a Lady in the Tramp noodle. Yeah. Well, at one point she said, like, I thought that pickles were just, like, cucumbers that were pickled and I was like oh no no very common misconception and she was that's like what, oh, that's what you southerners think <laughs> she well she bought it by saying like well you are the you are the pickle farmer you would know <laughs> so you would you would definitely know well I'll, I'll take your tips I guess right. <laughs> uh, I told you guys when when my dad was at uh, the Hooters in Maryville, he's still on the wall. Oh, like, no, like, like him, him and three other guys were at Hooters in Maryville. And you've been to a Hooters. There's the picture of like all the famous people that walk in and there's a picture with like the current Hooters girls that are there. And it's like a, like, Oh, Dolph Lundgren when he was in town and we got a picture right. with him. Well, Dad's on the wall still at the Hooters in Maryville because he was the he was the bassist for Air Supply. <laughs> and they, they were they were they were playing at the at the Star Theater across the street. They were playing that night, and when the waitress came over, Dad was like, "You don't know who you are," and they was like, "No," and he's like, "I'm." the basis for air supply. And she was like, oh, okay. And he's like, you don't know who air supply is. And she said like, clearly I don't. So he pointed across the street and there was a, the marquee, you know, air supply. And she, but was like, oh my, so they got everything comped. 
she got uh, they got a picture with uh, it was him and three of his buddies. They were <laughs> they were air supply still on the wall. We can if you go to Maryville, try to find them. That's amazing. It is it's truly classic. <laughs> it's my favorite my favorite thing. I love the charity game though, Rob. Oh, it's a good one. It's it's a really good one. It's uh, it's was, it's got to be difficult to come one. up this with a probably, charity off the top of your head. I don't this have one the philanthropic face for it. And we may have to uh, edit this one out. It's so be it. But uh, so there's another one that we like to play. Edit one out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what show is this? <laughs> well, uh, right. Well, um, I mean, you guys know that I DJ a little bit and things along those lines, and so. I, uh, told this I would girl like to know what the things along you, those lines are sometimes. Yeah, did you pretend to be a Vici again? <laughs> I did, once. Uh, and it was one too many times that I Avici. Don't ever Avici. It's a bad I, I ate some uncooked Avici. Right. It's, it's it, not g- it gave me a wicked case of Avici. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so I convinced this, uh, um, waitress that my, uh, DJ name was Diddles, and so uh, I was telling her about all of the um, all of the work that I do around the area with the different like elementary schools and middle schools, trying to get kids into um, music production and music theory. I and know where to, this you know, is going, and I'm going to edit it. I assumed it had to get edited out. This will be great for Patreon someday. Uh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> well, now that we've gone there, we can go anywhere else. <laughs> so it's been a while since we've all been on, and I think that's a good thing. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> what has it been, like uh, four episodes maybe? At least, at, at least something like that. There's been minimal talking over each other. <laughs> there's, been, there's an episode where it was just me and Joe. <laughs> yeah. It's and quite Tony good. It was, it was more like Masterpiece Theater. You know, quiet, quiet Wimbledon voices. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I agree. Good stuff. Today on the show, we'll be talking about uh, congressional go. process. <laughs> We'll be joined by uh, senior authority on the topic, Tony Badana. I want you so hard to do that voice as a solo cast. Yeah, that that was way better than my Wimbledon voice. Oh my god! If you, if you could some, be that was like your pulpit voice. If you could be NPR Joe, and then you could have each of us on as a different guest. Oh my gosh, that'd be so much fun! Oh, yes, please, my, my Christ. <laughs> Do you have all? Do you have all the fake uh, sponsorships still around? Oh yeah, oh yeah, I've still got them. I gotta go find them again. I got them. So funny. This episode is brought to you by McAllister Miniature Tractors, (laughs) (laughs) the finest in junior agriculture since 1926. Next, junior agriculture. Oh god. Joe, find those real quick, will you? I've I've been looking as we Does, that that had me in tears, Nick. <laughs> uh, well a couple played. Jamisons, good to go. <laughs> I had some. Uh, I just got back from a houseboat trip, 
Mm-hmm. We decided how just, was that, by the way? Glad oh, we, you're alive, by the very way. Good. We we did the over under on. We were concerned on your. Uh, oh, your there was, I was, and I was going to make a penny. I was <laughs> a. Uh, uh, I had a righteous, uh, a righteously good time. We, uh, um, I found a horse mask, which is always good. Hey, to be can find a horse mask. You just found yeah. it. It was just laying around. Uh, it was on the pontoon we rented. Oh, so yes, then. perfect. Don't know what that means. There was a good party on there before you that's guys got that's there. That's kind of what I was thinking. So I probably have lice or something, but. So you carried on the legacy. Correct. And that's what's important. No, I was going to say, you, that maybe think about it. We made a, uh, a Jameson punch on the old uh, houseboat, which was really good. So it was kind of a twist on Chandor's Mystic Dance. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, is there the, fruit involved? Was it there, the, was there it was the like, how, how Chandor are we talking? Very much. Very much. Oh, there, was okay. some, there was some pulled pork in there. Oh, good. Super yes. ultra Chandor. Yeah, there's some yeah. pulled pork. Comes with like a spice selection. Like, like yeah. coming up on his final form. Right. Yeah, there was two half drake McUltras, um, a little bit of coconut oil. Um, we separate. We we took out the Everclear because we didn't want to drown, and we added Jameson. So it was a. Uh, uh, That's the was, best part of the Chandor's Mystic Dance. Is the is the phase eight additive. Right. Oh yeah. Like, what is, what is it, like? What is this missing? Cayenne. French mm. French dressing. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the cool French thing is, is yellow mustard. It's almost like no matter what you put in it, though, it tastes. It just tastes like Hawaiian punch and a little bit of booze. So yeah. you mm-hmm. can't. You really can't go wrong. You could. Um, they wouldn't let me put any mouthwash in there though, for some reason. Uh, so, yeah, they, right. have, they haven't been around. I like to normally put a little kick, a scope in there, just to. Blort. Just a skosh, a skosh or scope. Just a blort of of scope. Just a I like blort. I like like a thimble full of castor oil. <laughs> Just for the shits. That's I mean, <laughs> literally. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like and a what, hedge bet. Whatever they do to fight jaundice, whatever that was. <laughs> oh, here we go. This show is brought to you by Double Jim Bourbon. Step inside. Take a seat. We've been waiting for you. <laughs> 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 oh god this episode is brought to you by Duval cigarettes if you've got them smoke them <laughs> could you what do you do it like a 1940s radio personality <laughs> could you hit me with the, the 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 butcher shop it's my favorite one uh the butcher shop this hour brought to you by gertz deli and butcher shop home of the no horse no animal face guarantee gertz for when you don't want to eat face <laughs> <laughs> The, the no horse, no animal face guarantee. <laughs> it's money back, yeah. They, they stand by. Right? <laughs> this hour brought to you by the law firm Faust and Stillman, where no accident is too small, except for motorcycle accidents. Those are, in fact, too small. <laughs> <laughs> Did you throw all this together? Uh, when when Joe was uh, traveling back from Frog's Hamper, uh, he was going to like live broadcast the entire ride home, and he wanted each hour um, sponsored by a fake company, like the next fake company. That'd be a good game that we do for the network. 
<laughs> right. The no. I feel like we gotta we gotta drag these guys a little bit, kicking and streaming in the world of of you know full on chicanery and debauchery. Well, I think they're guests, hesitant to take the plunge. Our guests tonight, I don't, uh, uh, Matroid and Station from the Sci Fi Podcast. I think you'll really you'll get along with them just fine. Oh, there's no, not, it was not a get along thing. No, I, you know, I think, yeah, I, I read between the line type get along, like, uh, you know what I'm saying. I do. We can actually, along. we can. <laughs> uh, Why can't we be friends? Hey, a couple other things I want you guys to put in your brain pan, just to look forward to uh, in the next couple weeks. Um, <clears throat> the Rob and Joe do blood maggot, blood maggots. Rob and Joe eat blood, blood maggots. Blood it's, blood maggots. No, it's, it's great. It's a lot of fun. If you haven't tried it, don't knock it. Mm. Rob, a big hearty bowl of blood maggots. Well, you dry your blood maggots out for a couple of days. I, pr- then you, I prefer them, well, I prefer well, them moist. But then you, you reconstitute them with Jameson <laughs> and, then, and then roast them again and then uh, a little bit of milk. Yep. For the belly. <laughs> In a couple weeks, Rob Bass and Cartoon Joe are going to perform Blood Magic to help Nico, the Necromancer, and GCR with their fantasy football drafts. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's that time of year again. It's time getting there. The vein. We, are, <laughs> we, are, we are getting there. And so that's something to look forward to. So if you guys want to start preparing your whatever ritualistic chicken bowl. Goat? The goats are ready. Yeah, okay. Then we're good. The goats. Yep. So we also have uh we also have a a dark tower episode to prepare for. And mm-hmm. um I'm thinking an episode of uh shameful vices. Ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Perfect. I can get behind that. A lot faster than Dark Tower. <laughs> so I figure I stare at the book and then watch like four hours of the wire. How the hell I mean how else do you prepare for that fight? <laughs> do you like the wire it's fucking fantastic i i've i've seen two episodes i could not do i need to give it a they got yeah, andy, you have to you have to give it the whole first season andy and jason are telling me like it's like the best show on television and they, it, it really it really it, i mean okay you could make an argument for the west wing maybe because it's, it's a completely different direction right, right. um but <laughs> If you watch it, it's not false praise. The Wire is it captures something that really, really unique and special. You do have to give it pretty much the first season to let the character development really seep in because that's what it that's what sells it, you know. Okay. Um, it's it is tremendous. I, I heard one of you Jamokes talking on MPW some time ago about um, the newsroom. Highly, highly underrated uh, amongst HBO programming. Newsroom is fantastic. Yeah, there's a lot of HBOs. Like I have, I've never seen like uh, Six Feet Under, but I've Six eh, Feet Under is excellent. It didn't hook me. Not that it's not a good show. It just that particular storyline wasn't. The the other show I need to revisit is Oz. I watched God, Oz. That's, when I was... that's another one. I don't. I don't know how well that stand. I mean, it's it's great. I wonder how well it would stand up watching it now. What's well, last? I mean, I was like a teenager yeah. when Oz was out, um, and, I, and I didn't know what I was watching. I, it's a show I want to watch. All I remember is like 
like when I watch an analog, I think it was like, oh, the crippled narrator was the terrible dad from Lost. <laughs> yeah, and that's right? about all I get out of it. And something about Ed BC also being on Lost. There's a lot of connections there. There is too many now that I'm thinking about it, and I almost. And wasn't J.K. Simmons in it too? Oh yeah, he was the, the he's key, a, he was the he was a big the key player. Aryan. Oh yeah, yeah. And then Tommy Gavin was in it. Wow, I do need to rewatch Oz. Yeah, That's... Tommy Gavin. It, it was it launched a lot of those guys' careers, and it was one of those things. It was like first, um, first to market with the truly, you know, like over pretty... the top, made for cable, like way over the line of edgy graphic. You know, at least I believe so. That was like the first one that HBO did. It was like really, really pushing the envelope. Um, and so it's kind of groundbreaking. Rob, Joe, have you guys seen Oz or no, no, even what it's about? I, I no, not even a little bit. I think a prison. Is no nope, prison? Nope. It's a. It's a. It's a. <laughs> it's all about the, the Wizard of Oz. Yep. Boomer <clears throat> got home. Uh, until two. you started getting into it, I thought maybe you were talking about the Wiz, and I was really <laughs> confused. Very very similar plot lines. Oh, that's catamaran. a movie I don't. You catamaran. Uh, there's nothing like just making up words or using words. The other, the other day, I love words. I was I was I was talking to someone that we all know that will remain unnamed, and Voldemort. Uh, <laughs> yep. Well, if you say his name, he shows up here. So, um, Candyman. But he said. Uh, oh. He said, uh, I, I, I said, so is, you know, is your girlfriend, I mean, is, I mean, is she, is she your girlfriend? Is she India? And he goes, I don't know. She lets me dork her. Oh, I, you, I, you gave it away with dork. I win this I was game like, of, of family clue. I was like, did you call her? Did you call it dorking? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. I mean, I, so I've never heard it used. That's like Webster's 19th definition for dork, but Go ahead. <laughs> a fun episode would be to uh, like rank and break down or do a Mount Rushmore of HBO original programming. I would I would really enjoy doing that. And listeners, if you would like to chime in on that, go ahead and just uh, tell us tell us your uh, top HBO shows. You guys for guests? Yeah. Yes. Always. Let's do this shit. Kick it with man. I, I'm texting. I'm texting our guest. He says nothing yet. Oh, mm. I think nice build up. Now. You kept the well, creative tension taut right there. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You fuck. <laughs> Uh, you fuck he says yeah like a boss hello hello Matt who dis Metroid Uh, yeah who dis In, in the digital flesh as it were how are you buddy I'm good I don't know. Have you ever have you ever talked to um, Rob Bass and Nick and and Cartoon Joe? 
I've avoided it like the plague. Oh, probably <laughs> but I know the that, But I know their voices. Hello, hello. How are Throwing you out that? nice complimentary intro. Indeed. Yeah, of course. That's Bringing the right in the pain. Well, no, no, just wait, because <laughs> I'm sure Liz has nice things to say. <laughs> I hear she, she can't save you from this, Matt. Is she, where is she? I'm here. I hear you love us. I do. Every wow. single one of you. See, what a sweet, sweet soul. She's really nice. <laughs> and I'm Matt, over here. You're who, dick. who exactly paid you to say that? Um, <laughs> the hobo down the street. He gave me his leftover oh. macaroni and cheese out of his bucket. How sweet of him. Are you like yeah, a, a craft? Um, are you like a craft tradition, or like the Velveeta shells and cheese? I would have to go Velveeta shells, but also Costco, Costco. has amazing macaroni and cheese in their like uh, deli section. Really? Bake seriously. Kirkland yes. brand? Yeah. Kirkland Mac is the. Right. You can pass that off as like Wolfgang Puck. It is so good. Do yourself wow. a favor and go buy some and bake it at home. Hey, Nick. All right, then. I want to see Nick. the uh, Wolfgang Puck infomercial for this mac and cheese. Oh, I'm sure it's wonderful. <laughs> I want to extend a challenge out to Nick. And the yes, next buddy. hotel you check into, if your name's not Kirkland Mac, <laughs> that's a great name. You're a, Writing it you're down a now. What about Mac Kirkland? No, it doesn't work mac that well. <laughs> you're right. Kirkland Mac kind of sounds like, like you could be a loose cannon a little bit. <laughs> I'll, I'll make sure I have a, a fake badge in my wallet because Kirkland right. Mac is some sort of agent like Fletch yeah right lives. Yeah. 20, 21, 22 220 <laughs> yeah whatever we've played a lot of hopscotch in the first 30 minutes we really I'm have. happy about it so guys we, we have listeners who listen to your show but we might have listeners that Why? don't listen to your show so um, tell us about the sci-fi podcast. Do you want the honors? No, I have super bad allergies and I, I feel like I'm super obnoxious to listen to. So you go ahead and take this one. You see, when you're out of cocaine, <laughs> the allergies come back really quick. I know. So bad. It's the worst thing. Nothing to snort. And yeah. smarties just don't cut it post sixth grade. <laughs> you got to find some fun dip. There oh, there we go. go. I just like that Good weird stuff. vanilla stick. It was so gross, but I couldn't stop eating it. Uh, the Sci-Fi <laughs> Podcast. You want to hear about that? Way too homoerotic for this show, Bob. Um, vanilla stick. I don't know if such a thing is possible. I prefer chocolate. Just kidding. Just there kidding. There we go. Just you've kidding. That's going to be a uh, There we have it. Once you've gone chocolate stick, <laughs> you never you go, back. go back to a white dick. It's almost stick. <laughs> white stick. White stick. All about the Toblerone? Is that what you're saying, right? <laughs> yes. The edges no, in particular. No, no are pudding. Special. Ribbed for his pleasure. Yeah. Or her. No, that's, that's or from his. Joe's Condom Loom episode, wasn't it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Chief Reef Grease? Yeah, that's right. Uh, hey, sci fi podcast. Uh huh. <laughs> that's a thing, yeah. No condoms on the sci fi podcast. Well, some. Maybe yeah. aren't. Yeah. Other occasionally. No. Um, the sci-fi podcast.com, uh, really, if you want to know. Um, we cover all things science fiction, which means mostly movies. But we, we talk and prattle on about all kinds of crap. So we'll talk about books, comics. We have a, a real-life scientist, or so he claims. Uh, the jury's still out. Um, on the show, he's a physicist, actually. So we run, by, uh, run things by him like, could the Death Star actually do that? And then he will take a long time in a great way explaining why that's absolute crap, but why it's still okay. Um, 
So it's a lot of fun. So we <laughs> have a dream shatterer. He is. That should be his name. We call him Brain, but well, Dream he, he ruined Ryan's hope of a parallel universe. I so know. I, it was yeah, beautiful. I it was, I actually it would get along my well. soul. Yes. <laughs> he, he tends to do that. Uh, we also have uh, actual filmmakers. If you include Space Wolf, who is also uh, uh, Wolfman, oh, who is also Josh Legary, who is also um, – he's soon to be El Lobo on the uh, podcast I have coming up, the Western podcast. But um, Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool. And then I'm on it. I don't know what I do. And then William Solo Jr., and he's also in the film world. So it's pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, we love science fiction, and, and all of us are – And me. I'm on it. He forgot me. I didn't forget you. I'm the resident lay person. We, we didn't forget you. She's not a lay person. She's actually a freaking genius. But the problem is, no. is she likes to pretend like she's just this waste of space. And would I marry waste Whoa. of space? You saw the prospects lining up. Toothless Jenny and that one girl with half a leg. All kinds of characters. And I chose you. I'm so lucky. You should be, because I can eat a whole pizza. You can hear it in the voice. The pride just rings true. We've been together a long time. Jenny. And the joke is that I am genuinely head over heels, and she's genuinely married to me. So (laughs) So she has the voice of a very tolerant person. And she is. (laughs) Thank you. When when she needs to be, she is. Um, But it's kind of fun having a a podcast where my co-host is actually my spouse and the infinitely better half uh so that's pretty cool and we have a child currently yelling daddy down the hall i don't know what that's all about. hopefully that can't be heard <laughs> it's okay and, uh, we don't, we don't, those of us with kids don't even register that that's white noise man right okay. and we're on number four here so um and then yeah so we, we talk about science fiction we, we love it uh we all have various science fiction uh, addictions i'm wearing a star wars shirt now i have multiple uh star wars and science fiction tattoos on my person uh, we have both Station and I oh, Buffy tattoos. Yes, which is not science fiction, but it, it dabbles. Nerdy. Season four dabbles. Well, in that yeah. that kind of just you just kind of kicked the door right open to. Why do you think I did that? You know, when that you invite well on when you invite on professional podcasters, Nick, they yeah. just you know, yeah, or us. I, I was <laughs> I was going to ask. Like, if, I don't even realize I have my wallet out. I've got money. Just you just I don't know, man. I, I was just, I right was going to ask if you guys are really in the science fiction why in the world are you wearing star wars stuff that's a good question let me tell you why because you guys are about to be wrong Mm. well we're well we're we're (laughs) of where the four of us are all of i think probably three different minds at the moment at least so we would like to if uh, you could either hear our explanations or you could just we got you on the show to set us straight as the sci-fi podcast, and then we'll argue with you later. But fair warning, we did have on Master of Congressional Process and uh, and Floor Etiquette on this program a couple weeks ago. So It's true. Just watch really? yourself. Oh, yeah. So we're going to haggle and argue with the best of them now. Oh, all right. Well, bring it on. So I think we probably, Set that bar high, Nick. We need to know what, what all the differing opinions are here. Well... Cartoon Joe and I firmly believe that Star Wars is a fantasy, and we have our reasons. Okay. Uh, uh, Rob uh, believes that it is uh, something called science fantasy that I'm pretty sure he made up. And <laughs> I think Nick Nick believes it's science fiction. Okay. 
I, I'm just going to take whatever point is in the minority just to have something <laughs> to talk about. Um, <laughs> if just science fantasy exists as a genre, and for the record, I think all these genres are subject to interpretation and manipulation. So whatever. I'm here to stir the pot. But it's clearly not pure science fiction. It's also clearly not pure fantasy. So if you got to find some sort of like soft landing, science fantasy seems to be an accepted realm. Um, so I would I would sort of bowl it right down the middle there. That is the correct answer. Kind of. So we're off nice to a great start. Guys. And uh, <laughs> we'll uh, catch you on the flip side. Yeah. Catch on the flip. Well, we'll find other stuff to yeah. debate about. Don't, don't bail so soon. <laughs> So here's the issue that I have, and, and it's that, A, everything in this entire world is is so cross-categorized because nobody can actually man up or woman up or whatever you want to say and just have Fortify. something for what it is. Yes, for, I love that. Lady up. I got that stupid Audi Quattro I saw with the fortitude license. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, I don't want to punch that guy in the throat. He's probably a nice guy, but you know. Um it, it, it's, it doesn't have to be one or the other, certainly, but it's also okay for something to be one or the other. Sometimes a metal band is a metal band, and sometimes a metal band is Led Zeppelin, and they do a lot of stuff. Uh, same thing goes for movies, of course. Science fiction, pure science fiction is so hard to find and so hard to come by, and yet I argue that 2001, A Space Odyssey, is nothing but pure science fiction. Closest to China White science fiction you can get. Absolutely, and that's why, it's so, <laughs> that's why you ride so mellow, but it lasts a long time. I don't. I don't think I would argue that. Not that I would know. So far, so good. Uh, so, so the <laughs> not, problem not that, that I would I have, know. No, of course not. <laughs> the problem that I have with Star Wars, uh, which it, it has nothing to do with my love of Star Wars, is that I've over the years come to realize that it's it's so heavily fantasy that for it to be science fiction, we have to kind of uh, have a pliable definition of what that means, which is why science fantasy does work. Uh, but I, I would love to read y you nice folks a quote here. Um, and this is by a man named Ray Bradbury. Oh, Bradbury. Mm. I don't know if you know him. Um, <laughs> he was that book burning guy, right? Yes, he ate his books. Um, he said, Ray Bradbury says, that science fiction is really sociological studies of the future. Things that the writer believes are going to happen by putting two and two together. Science fiction is a logical or mathematical projection of the future. Mm. Let's counter that with Arthur, Arthur C. Clarke, who, thanks to Arthur C. Clarke, we have not only 2001, but subsequent novels and some others as well. Science fiction is something that could happen, but usually you wouldn't want it to. Fantasy is something that couldn't happen, though you often, or though often you only wish that it could. I like that definition because to me that that kind of colors the argument in a very specific way with science fiction. If you don't want it to happen, that, that suggests that it's all cautionary. That suggests that the future is going to be a problem, which oftentimes we see a lot of strife. We see a lot of difficulty. We see a lot of issue in science fiction, uh, very big, very large scale things, end of, end of species, end of worlds, um, massive plot devices, right? Whereas fantasy, um, oftentimes it's like, well, who doesn't want to be Conan the Barbarian? I would love to punch a camel and get away with it. It would be awesome. Um, or, you know, who doesn't want to uh, live in a world with elves? Uh, that kind of stuff to me. You don't? No. Orlando Bloom is gorgeous no. as an elf. Well, we already live in that world. She's so pretty. Was. Was. Yeah. Um, he's all whatever like, his Krispy like... Kreme phase was before the Hobbit started filming. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> soft, soft and supple. 
<laughs> yeah, he is. Well, he is still. He's still supple. That is he's, for sure. He's not cutting cheekbones, though, don't you think? You slice. Let me, uh, Matt. Let me throw this one at you here. That I was a little show prep. This is from uh, um, Rod Serling, and this is his little definition, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, this is distinguishing between science fiction and fantasy. So he he said that science fiction is the improbable made possible while fantasy is the impossible made probable. Oh. I thought that was kind of a cool um, is, take. Yeah. Which, yeah. which is why Twilight Zone is definitely both, right? And yeah, rarely, that's, rarely that's in the same episode. One. It's typically one or the other. Um, you know, you have the infamous uh, terror at 35,000 feet. I prefer the John Lithgow version, even though the uh, Captain Kirk version is... I Just do fine. prefer the Lithgow version, for the record. It's horrifying. It's also my favorite episode of that show. Sure. Oh. Yeah. Dirty like Rock? It. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. With, with Jago. I mean, Third <laughs> Rock. I joking around here. <laughs> Off by a factor of 10. Sorry. <laughs> well done. Uh, show oh. Fasia. <laughs> but if you think about it, you know, you've got uh, that episode is is science fiction in that we have an alien visitor, right? Some of the other ones are more fantasy, like uh, the idea of a man who's extremely racist, what a sourpuss that man is, um, drifting between different eras in time. There's no device to send him through. There's no uh, categorical evidence that he is experiencing it outside of his own mind. In fact, quite the contrary, others don't see this happening to him. Fantasy. So I think that there is there's a huge disparity between the two if you draw the line. When it comes to Star Wars, it's so difficult to call it anything other than science fiction because robots and machines. But what about the Force? The Force being right. the the great and powerful mystique throughout the entire saga, probably the most powerful thing as we find and as our, our good pal Darth Vader says, the uh, you know the power to destroy a planet with the Death Star is insignificant next to the power of the Force. The Force is massive. It's the biggest thing in Star Wars. Therefore, uh, since it is not something that is probable, it's fantasy. Yeah, plus none of it, you know, we've got obviously the technology of space travel, spaceships, um, lightsabers, but then we've got, you know, force ghosts and bodies disappearing and... Right. Holocrons and what have you. Do you feel like it crosses out of science fiction when it starts to introduce, like, other species or aliens? Uh, that's a fantastical element, as we now would know. I mean, again, w with greater knowledge, everything becomes more and more probable, or, or we rule it out entirely. I think science fiction now was fantasy 30 years ago. Jurassic I, Park is far more likely now than it was when Michael Crichton wrote it. Oh yeah, yeah. I Much feel fun. like I feel like aliens that you could have a knee-jerk reaction to call it science fiction, but maybe it wouldn't necessarily have to be. I feel like on our podcast we kind of go by the rule that if it involves technology that we don't currently have or have quite a grip on, then it sort of slides in, it, it qualifies as sci-fi. Oh yeah, we I feel like that's kind of our own yardstick. Yeah, because movies like Coherence, which I thought was if you haven't seen Coherence, watch it. And this is for anybody, everybody listening. It's a beautiful movie. It's not science fiction, but we covered it because it falls under that 
ever so tricky umbrella we're discussing here of science fiction fantasy. Uh, even even the the director writer James Burkett, when we interviewed him, said it's it's fantasy. But well, there's a comet involved, and 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 uh, you know, and there's space involved, and there's and other things, alternate so. possibilities. I don't want to. <laughs> It does factor into the the possibility of science fiction. That's what becomes so fascinating. One of the reasons we started this podcast is because science fiction touches everybody's lives, whether we realize it or not. Um, you know, star an argument from the very first episode is that Star Wars was so um, prolific in in culture that Reagan used it to describe an anti missile campaign. That's massive back in the day. You know, now it's like. You got Obama and, and, and Trump, these guys dropping pop culture all over the place because that's kind of how things have turned. But at the time, that was pretty pretty uh, amazing and super relevant to describe something that was science-related because the layperson thinks Star Wars is science-related. There's robots. And I, I keep coming back to robots because that's the closest thing we have in Star Wars to a reality for us. We don't have space travel to where if I want to go to uh, – you know, Alpha Centauri. I can't do that. Or if I want to go to, um, I'm, I'm drawing a blank, but it's uh, something four from Tommy Knockers, <laughs> Altair Four. If I want to go to Altair Four, that's not happening, right? I cannot do it. We cannot do it. Brain on our on our podcast will will talk about how the impossibility uh, of actual travel to another planet at this point in time is strictly fantasy, and he uses science to back that up so that alone suggests that every science fiction movie that deals with travel across the galaxy in in an everyday fashion like star trek for example that is a fantastical element it is fantasy and yet because of everything else that's just kind of a caveat thrown in there it's science fiction but with star wars the more you break it down the more you realize it's only the technology that they use that is actually science fiction at all and in some ways, you know, we've actually built some of these kind of droids. Our artificial intelligence is getting better and better every day. So it, we are, I say we're closing the gap slowly on Star Wars to make it more science fiction in that regard. But it also happened a long time ago and very far away from what I understand. And a long time ago suggests not future, but past if time is linear. And the past is where we typically associate fantasy, swords and sandals, uh, magic, that kind of thing. Uh, so again... However you want to color it, Star Wars can be very, very fantasy-like. Um, I would never shun so, someone for calling it science fiction, though. Hypothetically, though, if I wanted to try and pitch an argument about the long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, by the time that we're viewing it from the distance that it's traveled, wouldn't it be potentially from the future or just that much farther from the past? See, and that I think that's really an interesting argument. We talked about that once about how we maybe we've even seen the Death Star explode and we don't even know it yet, right? So <laughs> if it's far enough away and it exploded, maybe that light is just now hitting us, or maybe uh, not the Death Star necessarily, but something larger like oh, I don't know, Star Killer Base or right the Sun Crusher or something along I those was, lines. I was going to say um, that one little planet that. What's her name comes from? Princess Leia. Alderaan. There you go. Uh, So if Alderaan explodes, to us, it's this speck in the sky because it's so far away. Uh, And yet that speck goes away because unbeknownst to us USA people here or or Americans or or worldians or whatever we are. I know that not all of us are from the United States necessarily on on these podcasts. 
Who knows? Um, maybe I mean, that was. Well, there you go. <laughs> maybe that was. Uh, maybe that's what we just saw was the, the destruction of Alderaan. So your question kind of brings up the: Is it? Does that make it longer ago? Does that make it now? How does the relevance work with time? I don't know. That kind of stuff confuses the hell out of me. <laughs> I, I, I think it's really cool, and I, I like to think about it, and I like to speculate on what it would take to essentially persuade someone one way or the other, which is kind of what I think you guys, the point of this is. Um, but more and more, I find myself saying that it, it's kind of ridiculous to consider Star Wars fantasy for everybody because it will confuse people. So even on our show, even as I was guilty of tonight, it's science fiction. It's uh, kind of by association, if nothing else. So we've just we've just spent some time um, talking about something and coming to no conclusion. <laughs> uh, yeah it's, basically the answer is what is it to you yeah i think that's fair now this uh kind of i want to piggyback off of this point a little bit um and i'm curious have either of you two played any of the mass effect games no i am not uh, i i i don't play first person shooters but i'm familiar with the franchise it's third person, firstly, but... Um... <laughs> well, that's why I don't play it, because I don't even know. I only play side-scrolling. Yeah, our um, house is the side I kind of house. But I, I, I'm familiar <laughs> with the artwork and some of that, and, and I know that it's uh, it's quite beloved. It, it, it is a fantastic franchise and, and a really, really good game. But uh, it, it was one of those... Uh, I, I wanted to kind of touch on that a little bit, being that it's also a game that uh, it pulls a lot of heavy, heavy sci-fi influences. but um, And people would be very quick to, I, I guess, throw it into the sci-fi realm. But it's something that I would also argue falls kind of under that science fantasy uh, category with some of the ways that they're faster than light travel works and things along those lines. I guess by the definition of uh, it, it kind of being incomprehensible to us at this point in time. Um it, by that definition, it would fall under it being more and more uh, science fantasy than science fiction. Interesting. There are games like that, right? So uh, uh, well, what's the game I played for a while there? I, I, looked, I looked at you as though you would know. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, not God of War. That's definitely fantasy. <laughs> yeah. I love those games. That's the only one oh, I my goodness. Um, kind of Shadow of the Colossus is one of those where it's like, is this mm. in the future? Is this in the past? The eco world mm -hmm. that they've created um i think that's why people love s steampunk so much not to get sidetracked here but si steampunk is another one of those like science fiction and fantasy blend in and it's the uh, future reimagined from the past right that's what right. Steampunk yeah is. yeah which is which is essentially in some ways like all that uh, firefly and all that is it's kind of fantasy in a way because it's it's taking a fantastical western element because i think a lot of westerns fall into the fantasy category uh, you know, because it, there's no way that it was actually like a lot of what we see. We've just kind of glorified it and, and made it uh, a modern day knighthood of sorts, right? These these guys who, who run around. And why why couldn't uh, why why couldn't Firefly be just fall straight to science fiction? It doesn't. Uh, the technology is not particularly outlandish. It doesn't. I don't, I don't recall it dealing much with you know non humans. Um, right. Yeah, my opinion would be that it's sci-fi. It's a sci-fi adventure, sci-fi western. I, I yeah, at, at first fiction. blush, that's where I would, I would, I would lean that way. Yeah, it feels, it felt different fiction. than like a, 
Star Trek, Star Wars, you think? Sure. Yeah. yeah. But I oh, do here's... think that it, 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 it pulls so heavily from Han Solo's existence, right? Uh, Mal mm-hmm. is essentially Han Solo in so many ways. And I do think that what they do is they try to mix that that the otherworldliness of fantasy, like the Western, where you feel like you're on a different planet or a different plane of existence. And then, of course, it's a science fiction tale because it happens in the future. They are from Earth. It's using technology that is feasible one day. I just like to, to point out that sometimes things sneak in when we don't really realize it. The more we evaluate it as podcasters, you guys do this all the time. I'm familiar with your show. I, I listen. I subscribe. I have my little <laughs> app there with it. Um, you're making us blush. I'm trying. He's a flatterer. <laughs> I'm fatterer the flatterer. Um, there is that. Hey, little buddy. Oh, Sorry. That would be little Rip- Ripley. Yeah. Hi, Ripley. Want to talk about uh, sci-fi? Where do you think the name comes from? Uh, there is that <laughs> part, I think, where you can pull fantasy from, from stuff like uh, Firefly. I, I just think it's interesting that the more you break down a specific genre, it gets it can be very convoluted with opinion. Kind of like you were saying before, right? It's it's based on our own perspectives. Well, no, here's, All right, let me. Here's let me something, oh, here's something sorry, I go ahead. Think. I've go ahead, just Bob. been trying to think. We we have this uh, side of the argument where it's okay. We got Star Wars. Is it science fiction or fantasy? Is there the other side of that coin? Is there some? Is there a movie we can think of that's that maybe we particularly think of as fantasy that's actually science fiction, or can that not happen? Crawl. I mean, Kroll has that element, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's fantasy for sure. Uh, but there is enough science fiction in it that I think it kind of uh, – it does make one wonder, well, what about – you know, or, or Dark Crystal too, uh, you know, where there are these elements of that I think where you have technology or not so much in Dark Crystal but definitely in Kroll. Uh, you've got – uh, you know, the, the glaive, you've got things like that. You've got these guys wearing suits that shoot lasers. Lasers are, are a common trope found within science fiction and rarely in fantasy. Although, you know, Star Wars is not lasers, it's plasma, it's different. Um, but G.I. Joe is lasers. G.I. Joe, yes. That's True. a perfect example of something that's both perfect and uh, terribly flawed, right? <laughs> Still never explained how any of that happens in G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe's fantasy for sure. And to, the and real to, American heroes. Well, I'm aware of that. Yo, Joe, <laughs> I have my William Perry. I still have that little guy. For, um, those, right, of, me, for those of you wondering at home, uh, Beth Sanchez just shot Mr. Poopy Butthole. <laughs> About time. Excellent. It's inevitable. <laughs> All right, let me uh, let me throw this at you then. Um, off topic a little bit, but not. Um, on I think on I think it was the last episode of sci-fi podcast one of you uh brought up in passing brought up lost i believe uh it's probably me yeah all right so and that made me think um how would you categorize lost lost is a liar well we 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 (laughs) all know it's an anticlimactic you know three quarters hard and then leave you sitting there it's all those things but could you put it in a genre or subgenre? Yeah, I think so. It's um, got some weird. I mean, it's got some weird sort of. You know, it's got some funky technology, some myths, some. You know, is it just a, a work of of pure fiction? Is it fantasy fiction? What would you? Does it fall into any of this? 
the reason I love the idea of Lost is because whenever you have something that takes place over the span of time, especially when they are manipulating the audience, it can change. The genre can change. With Lost, we're led to believe that it's science fiction, science fiction, science fiction, or, or possible science fiction, right? Uh, or uh, philosophic yeah. science fiction, which is kind of its own thing. Um, and it's absolutely a fantasy story because it turns out none of that was real, or at least uh, none of the science fiction element was real. Yes, there's an airplane, but it's an airplane from 2004 or whenever. I think it's 2004. Um, and so really everything that happens, you know, Faraday, all that kind of stuff, it's most likely happening in a purgatory state. Spoiler alert, lost really screwed themselves when they lied about what they weren't going to be doing. And can I spoil, can I spoil lost to have people seen it by now? Yeah, we don't believe can. in spoilers on the show. We don't believe right, we're spoiler free zone. I get it mixed up with everybody. I don't like spoilers, but I spoil everything cause I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. station. What do you say? I mean, I think lost is, is a fantasy because everything that we see ends up being a lie. Kind of. Well, all right. If you, if you take out the ambiguously bullshit, finale and just and treat it with everything up to that point how much does that change your your view it's a good point uh, i mean it's 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 interesting because when you're dealing with science fiction uh in the past you know um you have stuff like uh, a nuclear explosion well we know we know about that i mean oppenheimer was working on that stuff a long time a long time ago right my, my dad is a kid um however we have we have the idea that uh, in Lost, if we follow, if we track what they're trying to say at that point, is that uh, the nuclear explosion splits realities potentially, or something along those lines. Um, and there are there are fantastical ideas that are supposed to be scientific, like the turning of a large wheel can make an, an island disappear, and that's supposed to be some kind of technology because there is a device involved. And it's uh, some kind of technology we don't yet understand, even though it looks ancient. But I think you have to fall back on fantasy because what they're what they're proposing uh, is not only improbable but but actually impossible. For for the foreseeable future times ten, we can't make an island disappear and reappear. I don't and unless you're David freaking Copperfield, this doesn't happen. Um, and even then, it's mirrors, I think. I don't know how he does that. The Statue of Liberty definitely didn't go anywhere, I don't think. But I watched Eyes Glued as a kid. Um, so I, th- I think it's fantasy. you know. And I think that they did an admirable job of, of confusing and blurring those lines, especially season four where they go back and they have uh, the past mixed in and stuff. Um, but, you know, Polar Bear shows up because Walt has an idea. That doesn't sound science fiction to me. Oh, the polar bear showed up because the Dharma Initiative was testing on animals and it was living there on the island. Well, that's what they wrote later. <laughs> yeah, that, that was just too much of a mess, I think, to be able to call it one way or the other. Personally, that's what I think. I think Damon Lindelof got involved and he was like, let's do stuff. I forgot what before. But he had like he had. It's like he had like a set of those like four play dice, and it was like he rolled them. It was like lick nipples. He's like, yeah, let's just fucking do that. <laughs> he had like he had like da- Damon Lindelof's four play dice. Yeah, and then he rolled them again. Show and title, and that's a show title. Shoe on him. <laughs> that's a it was show like title. Like a choose your own adventure that just wasn't sequitur. Yeah. It was like a choose your own adventure question mark. <laughs> but, but you just you just read it like linearly. You just like page one and then you just, exactly. you just read it. Yeah. 
Exactly. This, why does this keep ending? How did Jeff die? I haven't met him yet. Oh, page seven. Oh, hey, Jeff, I know what happens to you in the past. That's a very accurate description of that. That show. was nice. I like that. It's, it's the donkey wheel. The donkey wheel. The donkey wheel. I don't know. Yeah. Is that the near to your adventure slang? No. Well, the donkey wheel is on one of the twelve sides of Damon Lindelof's foreplay dice. That's for damn sure. I don't no. know. Uh, <laughs> ben on the island when he goes into the thing and he turns the big oh, wheel. Right. Is that a donkey, donkey wheel? wheel? Well, that's what oh, it's called it. in the show. I thought maybe you were dropping a Dark Tower reference that I forgot, and I was getting very excited. <laughs> that would be next week. If, if you if you want if you want some good Dark Tower, my man Cartoon Joe is the guy you need to talk to. I Cartoon love Dark Joe, Tower. Well, you'll be joining our show, uh, and, and you don't even know it yet. <laughs> but Ryan I, and I have decided your future. <laughs> uh, we will be putting out a special episode for the Movie Podcast Network. Those who subscribe to our Patreon feed. Uh, and we are going to be talking some hardcore Dark Tower because I've read these books three times or so now each. I'm a disgustingly large fan with a, uh, a ka tattoo to prove it, my little ka tet uh, stuff all around it. Um, a perfect example of, of a multi-genre story that should technically be fantasy but dabbles in enough science fiction and, and uh, westernism that it's kind of not one or the other. There's even a little horror thrown in for... Fathers oh, were thrown in. How did I get to that donkey wheel? What? And a and a fun train. <laughs> yeah, uh, Lindelof sex dice. I think is what he brought us here. Uh, four play dice, Nick. Sorry, I, I was yeah jumped ahead. So you guys are familiar with our show, yes? Oh yeah. Yes. So you know what we do at the end of our show? Say goodbye. We have the <laughs> That's we, we crazy have crazy talk. We have the Geek Weekly. No, I, we I'm ask you guys, you know, I was, I was ready for something scary to happen to me. Oh. <laughs> I looked over at Liz. Like, and she you, look over, you look over your shoulder. We're all standing in the room with you. Wait, wait, wait. You mentioned <laughs> we were, seconds ago. We were talking about foreplay dice and yeah. now you're shifting gears. I'm like, end of the show. Donkey wheel hasn't been resolved. <laughs> I don't know what that is. This is a problem. There's a good chance that the, I've got I have three potential episode titles I'd like to read to you guys. Yeah, I love uh, this. Uh, Damon Lindelof's foreplay dice. Leader yeah. in the clubhouse there. Donkey wheel, comma, unresolved. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I don't know, guys, am I allowed to say the other one? Yeah. Wasn't that, wasn't that part of the supply? Well, it wasn't actually said on the show, but uh, bald Molly Shannon is uh, made me about laugh till I pissed my own pants. <laughs> So. It sounds like a really, really obscure band that plays Vaseline covers. <laughs> Bald Molly. Bald Molly Shannon, right? Like, it totally sounds like it. Uh, we actually have seven bassists, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, no one has a gender in the band. There's seven people in the band. Right. But their genders remain yeah. a mystery. Yeah, yeah it's all a lot it's of like tough a, jobs. And, and not because they're, like, slip-nodding it with masks. That's the worst thing I could have. Uh, nightmares. Bring up Slipknot is an automatically disqualification. I'm out. <laughs> well, hey, that first one, though. What was the first one that was good? Bald Molly Shannon. No, no, no. That was the third was one. Third. Oh, the first one was... Um, you guys can count, right? Uh, Damon, Damon Linda loves foreplay. Some of those. us. We didn't go to math school. I, don't go to, I <laughs> yeah. didn't go to math college. Not one bit. David, <laughs> David Linda loves... Damon Linda loves foreplay dice, right? 
Yeah. The, the, I heard that correctly. Yeah. I, now, is that like the fifth book in the Fifty Shades of Grey? Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. I, I'm, it's I entirely for, from uh, one of the whips point of view. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> like, I'm rewriting the first book, but it's actually from the, uh, the, the whips point of view. Uh, right. Yuck. <laughs> it's just a silent. It's just a silent book. It's just a lot of like blank pages. Yeah. Was I don't that, know a lot about that world, and it, it's by design. But I'm assuming I've just grossed myself out. <laughs> With ball gag noises? Uh, yes. Did, did, you, did you just make ball gag noises? I think so. My my education on that comes from Pulp Fiction. <laughs> That's probably the, the wrong way to start, I would say. I, I think so. I, whenever, whenever Ving Rhames is on the receiving end, it's the wrong way to start. Yeah. <laughs> so what have you been geeking on this week, Joe? Oh wait, uh, I skipped. I skipped the whole step. Wait, you guys watch that. You guys can go first. You can go second. Us guys? Yeah. Yes. Like wife and husband guys? Well, boy one guy. You go last. Yeah. Sure. Oh wow, ballsy, Joe. Yeah. Very aggressive. I, uh, early on. I've been geeking on uh, getting a new apartment. Oh yeah! Congrats. Yeah, I'm really pumped about that. Finally going to make it my way back to Chicago. And I'm Sancha. pumped. Have my own place. We actually, in the new place, uh, we've got a second bedroom, which means that I'll be able to have my own actual podcast area as opposed to uh, just a corner of the dining room. Nice. So it'll be it'll be great. I'm really, well, I'm what really excited. What part of Michigan Avenue, Avenue is this on? Oh, no, we're down. Uh, we're on the west side. But you're rich. Uh, nope. If only. (laughs) (laughs) You're rich with friends and and, yeah, I'm I'm rich with love. (laughs) Yeah, he's got the Lord in his heart. That really right. That really that keeps me warm. And I'm so tempted to sing that song that Rod and Todd sing on uh, Simpsons, but I will not. Let your flag fly, man. By all means, uh, it's it's a good song about having the Lord in your heart. Where down in my heart to stay. And if the oh. devil doesn't like it, he can sit on attack. <laughs> it's a, it's oh, yeah. burned into my memory. It's, it's really poignant. Bad. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to sing it, though, for, for my wife's sake. Plus, my baby's here. <laughs> Good cover. Awesome. Rob, how about you? What are you getting on this week? Uh, so I just started playing a new game called Smite. Uh, well, it's not a new game, but I just started playing a uh, game recently called Smite. Yeah, new to me. Um, and it's, uh, I'm not sure if any of you guys are familiar with the term MOBAs. It's like League of Legends or Dota or something along those lines. Uh, it's a lot of, uh, lane oriented, like back and forth and fighting game sort of. Uh, and this one specifically you play as gods from different pantheons, which is the Norse pantheon, Egyptian, Hindu, Chinese, Japanese, Mayan, etc. Um, and it is a ridiculous amount of fun. It is is really, really good. Um, it's great if you like a tactical sort of uh, fighter game or if you uh, play any MOBAs or anything along those lines. Um, I, I really, really recommend it. So it's a lot of fun. Uh, Nick, what about you? Uh, this last week, as we are recording here on Wednesday, um, been geeking pretty hard on, uh, on patriotism and family. Run nice. the last week it's been a lot of uh a lot of baseball youth baseball you know coaching the kids a lot of fireworks a lot of barbecues a lot of time at the pool with fam 
Um, so that's that's been solid. Uh, when it comes to um, more germane to the show topics, the only thing I've really had time for because I've been driving a lot is I've been kind of rededicated to my uh, geeking on movie podcast network programming. So been trying to catch up on some movie podcast weekly and some sci-fi podcast. So that's been fun. Um, you know, getting reacclimated to some other of the fantastic personalities that we've got uh, available in this group. Uh, I want to touch on in particular, I believe it was the last episode again of sci-fi podcast. And Matt, tell me if I'm wrong. Um, was it you that had the, uh, the, the tremendous uh, anti-Guardians 2 rant. <laughs> yeah, none of us really loved it. Uh, we, I know, but but one particular rant was it it, 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 it tickled my heartstrings. Like, likely it was me. I mean, Liz, it, Liz's rant of communion is probably the most epic rant I've ever heard a human being deliver. I can I can usually pick Liz's voice out of a crowd. <laughs> but you and you and uh, I think it's solo. I think you guys sometimes yeah. can sound the same when you're ranting. I think I think it was probably solo. solo was it had, very animated and um, it, it was it was pretty spirited and, uh, and then you ended up loving it. <laughs> oh no no whoever this you gave it like a three or oh, that was me. Okay. Then, yeah, I thought so. Sucks. And and I just wanted to tell you that that uh, that that there was a kindred spirit thing that happened there. I had to pull the truck over and 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 have a, a quiet moment. I felt that, that actually that embodied everything that I I take a rash of shit around here for being just the general curmudgeon or devil's advocate naysayer guy. Yeah. And uh, that was spot on, one hundred percent, right there with you. Was that That's on exactly a Sunday? What I, I think I felt that. Like my heart. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I did like a, yeah, it was sort of a inappropriate touch. My, well, no, no, um, thanks. Were you listening to the divinal song? Uh, you know, so I alternate back and forth in podcasts and, helps, and yeah. sort of one hit '80s wonders. Nice, but uh, I, I loved it. I, I thought I gave kind of a fist pump deal that was spot on. It's exactly how I predicted it would be, and without watching the movie. So yeah. Uh, well, I was and right, you didn't so. even watch the movie. Awesome. No, I, I, <laughs> I got all of what you said off of the trailer, and I just, I told these guys, I just flat out refuse. Yeah. And that was good to be uh, affirmed. So. Yeah, just, just keep the first one in your heart, and don't. I, I really, it. no, no, I, two totally. I mean, it's got to be two totally different things because I really liked. Um, well, I liked all of you guys' take on the first one. Uh, yours too because it, it it really was good it was pure you know it wasn't forced I think you were really delving into how things felt forced in the second one like they yeah, said yeah. like hey this is what works so let's just stick the heroin needle in our arm and go nuts um, <laughs> but uh, yeah I, I really liked the first one awesome movie you got no issues there but well, yeah, the second yeah, I, one was I wasn't interested I think it was Station that kind of likened it to a kid where you know they do something funny once and it's legitimately like off the cuff brilliant yeah, like, exactly. Like our, that was yeah, that was spot our, on. Our yeah. son the other day was—he's not even four yet. And we're watching Seinfeld, and he heard the name Blanche, and he erupted in laughter and repeated <laughs> the name Blanche. And that's awesome because he's learning the right things in life. But since has said the word Blanche several times, uh, hoping to elicit some kind of, you know, and it gets zanier. Yeah, the and way it's he like, says it, Blanche, and throws his hands up <laughs> like he's on the cover of a metal album, and it's it's just not funny anymore. And I keep telling him, son, you're not funny. 
<laughs> you, you don't have it. It's, you're short, you were, and you're not way to build him up. Once skip the generation. Yeah, you were funny one time. You know who else is funny one time? Pope was funny one time. Pack it in. Learn a trade. <laughs> yeah, son, you're going to be woodworking. Get used to it. But because woodworkers aren't funny, they don't have time to be funny. They'll no. lose the shits. <laughs> Nick very, very serious craftsman. Way too much standing. Yeah, I, I have the book. I paddle my own canoe. It's, or paddle your own canoe. It's a great book. Um, yeah, anyway, look what that movie was to me, right? It was just nonstop. Isn't it still funny? Bunch of dickheads. Attaboy. <laughs> yeah. boy. So at home here. On that note, uh, I'm going to kick it to uh, Guardian's apologist, Rye. What have you been geeking on this week? Fucker. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Stupid book. Um, I uh, uh, on my travels to and from uh, Lake Cumberland in beautiful Kentucky, uh, I listened to two of the four stories in the award-winning Stephen King novella *Full Dark, No Stars*. Nice. Um, *Big Driver* and uh, *A Good Marriage*, and they are. Uh, both about three and a half hours long audiobook. Um, uh, Joe, they're available on your Hoopla. Oh, because, excellent. Because that's where I checked them out from on the wonderful app Hoopla, which if you don't use, you should. Um, but yeah, there, uh, there are some, all four books in the novella are about like revenge and redemption. And, uh, Stephen King does a really good job of that um they're 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 uh two they're they're my two favorite of the four stories so uh big driver being my favorite because it's just wrong and dirty and dank and i it's right up my alley now so have you seen the movies i have not seen the movies i didn't even know they were movies yeah um, I, until I after pale in comparison I can well. I can only imagine. It, it'd be tough to take. It'd be. I mean, it's only. It's like thirty thousand words, and it's you know. How do you take that and make a feature film? A trilogy. On it, you know? Oh, I think I think <laughs> they did that with The Hobbit. Quite. That's true. That's true. <laughs> a trilogy. Yeah. The reason I no, ask is because Stephen King. You know, his. I'm very familiar with his work. Uh, even when there's sexual stuff, it's not very sexualized. It's usually some kind of like uh cautionary situation or or it's intended to make people not very tantalized or titillated right um to use to use a phrase rob would definitely love uh oh yeah <laughs> so i i think that with those in particular where it definitely has that slant of kind of uh some kind of sexual revenge if i'm not mistaken um mm-hmm. i've been trying to determine which stephen king books to read and realized that those were probably not the ones i was going to read um or the, the short stories uh but my understanding is that the movies actually flip that where they're like, Hey, you want some, some really kind of creepy, erotic, violent movie. <laughs> so I, I don't know, really? I don't know if you'd seen them. Perfect. Nailed Perfect. It. I, see that I can, if you wanted creepy, erotic movie, um, uh, see, there's really nothing erotic about rape though. So I'm not sure how big driver made the jump to screen in that way. Um, whatever puts butts in seats is what I think Hollywood goes for. Yeah, well, it's yes. it's yes. uh, 
I would probably never see him only because I don't see how they could make him anything that was worth Watching. that was that well that was that held up to the books or sure. not the books the uh, short stories I guess so um, I like it though I mean I uh, I own everything Stephen King and uh, I I knew that it was going to be short stories so I'd be able to listen to them on a four hour drive um, had my wife my sister-in-law with me they don't really read Stephen King or know anything about Stephen King so I started them with A Good Marriage which was much less rapey and much more uh, <laughs> bound to torture and kill so less rapey is kind of good like I have that on my resume <laughs> a little rapey <laughs> a little rapey is good less rapey less, than the next guy less rapey little more BTK that's exactly what it was <laughs> So, but they were they were enthralled. I mean, they 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 actually hung on, and I didn't think they would. And uh, by the time we got to the, uh, it, it was cool because I mean, the way Stephen King writes. I mean, like they'll mention Shawshank, you know, hey, we don't want to get sent up to Shawshank, and they have no idea. Like they didn't know that the Shawshank Redemption is a Stephen King thing. All and so, ex- <laughs> there and there it is. Oh, love connection. What? Oh, we discovered Score. our love connection a while ago. What do you know about the Gear Wars? Gear, uh, <laughs> Gear Wars? Boy, do I envy you. <laughs> Let's just so wait. wait. We, we had a similar experience with uh, Storm of the Century. Typically, Station here is not the... Let's watch a four-hour movie that's really slow. But she enjoyed Storm of the Century, kind of like I'm assuming uh, your your passengers did in your car. Yeah. And it was one of those like, hey, let's watch a Stephen King movie. And she was like, I love you. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm, I earned the nickname Princess Narky when I was in my early 20s, where I just fall asleep. If you put a movie on in, in, usually not in the theater, I, I can usually survive through the theater, but at night in my own home on a couch, I just fall asleep. So four hours, that's that's a lot to try to get through. And I'm like just barely through the, the, the like not even the entree yet oh, at that yeah. point. <laughs> that's why I like his 27-hour audiobooks. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the talisman is like uh, 46 hours. I can't listen to that guy's voice. King. I can't either. He, bu- he bugs it. me. And then really the other me. guy, the, the man in black fled across the desert and the gunslinger followed. It's like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but Pete, I guess that's like Casey Kasem. A little bit. Then Peter Mueller died, and he was doing a killer job on the Dark Tower stuff. Did we get off topic again? I'm sorry. No nonsense. What are you guys geeking on this week? Oh, well, let's see. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Uh, I'll go. Um, I am going back to school finally. So, nice. congrats. All things serve the university. That's not well. That's partially true. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what's happening in my oh also mousetrap um do you guys remember the board game from the 90s yeah mm-hmm. yes yeah. are they making a I, movie no oh no i just got my hands on one and i'm oh, super okay. excited to play nice right. it holds up is it one of the originals or is it the remade like oh, no. is, it a, is it a new one no, it's like from the nineties. It's okay. I was gonna say because fired. Yes. The the new one sucks. Oh yeah, it's tiny. I I looked at it at Target the other day or whatever, and it's in this tiny little box. It's half the. Oh my gosh, my brain. It's totally blanky. What are those things called? What is the whole 
the the whole chain reaction machine. What's the name of that? Rube Whatever Goldberg. that is. Goldberg. Yeah, there it is. Um, it's like half or maybe a third the size of the original game. It's garbage. Garbage. Yeah, it's, it's not worth your fucking time. That's for sure. No, it's no. It's Aus app. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> also, um, you guys, there's absolutely no holds barred on language, right? No. Uh, oh God, no. Not yet. Cunt. <laughs> I've always wanted that's my favorite swear, and I've always wanted to be able to say it. So thank you. It's it, it's You're particularly welcome. hilarious in certain applications, usually when used yes. by a woman. Yes. Um but or a, or about a woman by a woman. <laughs> Louis C.K. does a good job with it. Yeah, it, rare is the man who can pull that off, but when used appropriately, that's a funny one. I yeah, think it's fair to one. say that Jessica Rabbit's a cunt. You, you... Mm. Did that work? I just mm. wanted to say it. I thought it sounded interesting. No, you failed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It sounded interesting. Didn't, don't you think? I mean... No, she's not. She's okay. She, But, but I mean... But you never thought you'd hear a person say that, right? No. You're, mm. actually, you're the fifth. I, th- I think you could really? find a, 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 a long list of better candidates to test it out on. What about I, Joe Biden? What about Joe Biden as a cunt? See, well, there you go. You, <laughs> something dude, about his teeth, A dude right? can call another dude a cunt and make it totally. fucking hilarious you in the right context. You know who's contest. a cunt is Gordon Hayward because I'm in the land of the Utah Jazz. and that He ain't coming back. Beautiful well, son of a bitch just left for the Boston Celtics. He is yeah, a really yep. pretty man. Yeah, he's handsome. He was uh, a goofed up motherfucker when he was in your state, though. Oh, he had ears like I do. Remember when he played for beer? Remember when he played for Butler? That's what I'm talking, talking about. about. It was like a, he, he was a, oh when he was in my state. Yeah, when he when he was like a bowl yep, cut and uh and yeah. like a like and back acne. He looks like oh, he oh, looks oh, like oh. his name would be back Danny me. Butler back then. Mm-hmm. Danny Butler. With yeah. Back. Danny Butler and he loved absolutely just loved to get his hands on a good cold pop. What a fucking cunt. <laughs> yeah, right? See, there it is. Wait, on that note, there are plugs. <laughs> Stay for the plugs. Nico here. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Chap Snatter, and listen to our twats. Especially from Rob Bass as he will keep you up to date on all the latest and greatest going on with the show. Also, follow us on YouTube, iTunes, and RedTube. The five stars. We love you. Hello, this is Sherlock Holmes. If you can't get enough Cartoon Joe, check out him Check him out on this, this freaking show podcast on uh, Saturday mornings at 11 a.m. Get on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash geekcastlive for special content, perks, and that warm, fuzzy feeling that you're doing something awesome and helping out our podcast. We wouldn't be anywhere without you guys, and we look forward to bringing you geeky content for a long time to come.